Hello, 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 and welcome to the first taste reading series on the Day Beautiful podcast feed. I'm Adam Fitcavage, and on this version of the podcast, I invite a writer to read from their debut book so readers can get a first taste of exactly what they're in for. If you like what you hear here, check us out on daybeautiful.net and on all social media at daybeautiful. Today's guest is a writer who lives in Brooklyn and has an MFA from the University of Maryland and is the recipient of fellowships from the DC Commission of Arts and Humanities, Vermont Studio Center, and a 2020 Rona Draft Foundation Writers Award. She is the co-host of Pete's reading series in Brooklyn and her debut novel, City of Laughter, is out now. Please welcome Tameen Fruchter. Hey Tameen, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I love this podcast. That means so much to me. I have been following you for a little bit now on the internet, and I I love your vibe. Um, I love your outfit today. Just every a whole package, and I love it. Thank you. I love <laughs> that you love my vibe, and you know what? I love your vibe as well. So the vibe love jewel. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, something else I love about you is your book. Um, that you'll be reading from today, but tell readers a little bit about what the whole book's about. What's your elevator pitch that cuts through the publicity copy? My debut novel is called City of Laughter, and I describe it as the speculative queer history of an Eastern European Jewish family, which is not my family, but which is um, the family is sort of loosely based on the geography and timeline of my own family. Um, It's four generations of women who have um, sort of connected experiences with a mysterious shape-shifting stranger over the course of 100 years. Um, And it's a book sort of about generations of queer desire and how things shift shape over time, but sort of don't really go away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I loved it so much. It was unlike anything I've read in a long time, maybe ever. It, it hits like everything I enjoy in a book, which is like some speculative family. I, I care a lot about family. I think as I hit my mid thirties, it's like, yeah, I want to read way more about families and generations of them. Um, what part of the book will you be reading for us today? Um, so the book centers a lot of Eastern European Jewish superstitions and um, Hannah, who is in her fifties in the present of the book, Um, There's a flashback scene when Hannah is 16 um, and her mother, Syl, is very superstitious and very strict and tells Hannah not to sort of mess with all kinds of um, things she shouldn't do, sort of things she thinks of as as dark or evil forces. Um, But Hannah has heard a rumor that there's this trick you can do where if you burn a piece of challah at midnight on your 16th birthday and you look into the mirror you will see your future husband at the expense of two years of that husband's life. So clearly not something her mother would approve of, but she <laughs> this scene um, tries, tries this mirror trick. Terrific. Um, take it away. I cannot wait to listen to you read from your book. Okay. And this is uh, Hannah has just celebrated her 16th birthday with a couple of friends. After Hannah's friends left and still went to bed, Hannah opened the freezer and took out the slice of challah she'd hidden there, wrapped in a paper towel. She took it upstairs, slid it under her pillow, and lay uselessly awake, eyes burning with anticipation. One of her windows was open, and the bedroom was warm. As she lay, time arched its back, 
The night stretched out and expanded, shining with the promise of forever, and then shrank into one marble-sized minute, everything in the velvety galaxy condensed into the thick seconds that turned 1154 into 1155, when Hannah's alarm finally sounded. Her body crystallized with fear at the sound, one by one lining up in her chest, anticipation, preliminary regret, edge of anger, and that sadness, whatever it was that had made her mother sad and that had made her mother's mother sad before her. The sadness was the temperature of glass, the size of an eternity of stretched out nights. She steeled herself, embarrassed by the childlike urge she had to run to her mother's room to confess and beg for absolution. She needed to do things differently this time. She sat at the vanity, lit the candle, held the bread to the flame, prayed her mother wouldn't smell the burning from down the hall. Then she waited. In the mirror, she saw herself. Her freckles lit by the blue dark, eyes spooked wide. Her moon-shaped face cut by worry, eyelashes long in the flame light. It was a simple face, a good face, nothing to be afraid of. The flame licked the last of the bread and she shook the ashes off her hand into the wastebasket. Was it ridiculous to believe that she would meet her future husband tonight? If she did, would she tell Lydia or Rachel or Devorah about it? If the husband was someone she didn't yet know, she hoped for bright black eyes, kind and curious, nice cheekbones and curly hair to complement her own waves. A nightgown strap slipped down one of her shoulders and she adjusted it, realizing she wasn't sure if, when she saw the husband-to-be, the husband-to-be would also be able to see her. This suddenly felt like important information to have had before starting the ritual. Quickly, candle still in her right hand, she leaned from her chair and reached for the pink blouse draped over the chest at the foot of her bed. Passing the candle from hand to hand, eyes steady on the mirror, she put an arm in each sleeve and buttoned two of the buttons. She smoothed her hair, dipped her pinky into the pot of tinted lip gloss on her vanity, and applied some. If there was a chance he would see her, she needed to look ready. 11.59. Hannah blinked. A creak from the hallway and she held still. She could hear Sill's litany of nevers as though her mother was speaking them directly into her ear. Never walk barefoot on wet grass or eat cake warm from the oven. Never pour someone a drink backhanded or clip fingernails over the floor. Never wear socks in bed or walk shoeless in the home. Never miss a day of prayer. Never throw bread. Never spill the honey or the salt. Never bargain with a mirror. Hannah was sure it was on the list somewhere, probably toward the top. Never do anything that might welcome an unwelcome spirit. When Hannah asked what unwelcome meant, Sill always said, you'll know what's unwelcome when it feels like something you shouldn't touch. Midnight. Emboldened by her own follow-through, Hannah touched the mirror with her right hand. It was cool against her fingertips, and the pleasure she felt when she touched it surprised her. She pressed her fingers firmly into the glass and sucked in her breath. A little bit of hot wax dripped onto her finger. She adjusted the candle. If Hannah was powerful enough to invite what she shouldn't, if it might actually come inside, what other power might she uncover? Her mother, she thought, was a coward. And she felt angry at all the cowardice. What was the point of not touching? Touch, and now she stroked the mirror a little bit, coaxing, felt so good. I can touch this, thought Hannah, though she knew she was still unpracticed. I am not my mother. I could be powerful. 
It was the first time she'd thought the words and actually begun to believe them. Hannah shifted in her seat, the skin around her wrists and thighs beginning to prickle and sing. She began to feel large, the vanity chair underneath her less consequential. Time opened its maw, yawning, and the dark room grew ocean-wild around her, pouring her into midnight. And then, behind her in the mirror, something rose, just an indigo blur at first. Hannah squeezed her eyes shut and opened them again. The blur came into focus. It was a face, a woman's face. Hannah's stomach folded. The details of the woman's features swam in and out of focus in the dark, but the woman was a fact. Her eyes, the clearest part of her, were uncommonly green. Her skin, like sand, seemed of no particular age, and her lips were parted like a question. Hannah hadn't thought about what she would do if a face came into view, so she just held the woman's gaze. Who was this woman? A future Hannah? Hannah's eyes weren't green. Maybe she was related to the husband, the one she had staked her bets on encountering. Had she done the ritual wrong? The woman's shape quivered, and Hannah felt a sharp stab of fear. The candle quivered, too. It didn't occur to Hannah, of course, but the woman in the mirror was the one whose life might be cut short by her looking, the one whose green eyes Hannah would only see again decades later. Thank you so much to Tamim for reading from her debut novel, City of Laughter, which is out now. Get it at your favorite local independent bookstore or on bookshop.org. You can follow Tamim at tamimfruchter.com on twitter at tamim and on instagram at both and yes that's both underscore and underscore yes you can follow day beautiful at daybeautiful.net and on all social media at daybeautiful and as always i'm adam this is day beautiful and you're all beautiful